This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. I feel bad that you feel bad about me feeling bad about you feeling bad about what I said about what you said about me not being able to share a feeling if i thought that what you thought was that i hadn't thought about sharing my thoughts then my reaction to your reaction to my reaction would have been more revealing i was afraid that you'd be afraid if i told you that i was afraid of intimacy You don't have a problem with my problem Maybe the problem's simply codependency Yes, I know that now you know that I didn't know that you didn't know that When I said no, I meant yes, I know And that now I know that you knew that I knew you adored me I was wrong to Say you were wrong to Say I was wrong about You being wrong When you rang to say that the ring was a wrong to I said what I said reward me I'm not mad that you got mad when I got mad when you said I should go drop dead If I were you and I done what I done I'd do what you did when I gave you the ring having slept what I said I feel bad that you feel bad about me Theatre Nerds, it's Mel and Mike here. You are backstage and we are here for all of your theatre-related yarns and needs. All things for everybody in one place. <sighs> last week we brought you an all-new writer's room featuring Kiwi playwright Emily Duncan. And our musical of the week last week was the iconic We Will Rock You. If you missed it, you can go back and catch up, check it out, and all of our past episodes on any of your favourite podcast streaming apps. And while you're at it, go ahead and give us a like and follow on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we like that. I don't know our Musical of the Week this week at all, but boy, it's had some press over the last few weeks with its release on Netflix. Yep. Uh, it is Tick, Tick, Boom, recently in the headlines for the Netflix film, directed by our old mate Lin-Manuel Miranda. We talk about him like he's our old friend. mate. <laughs> and featuring Andrew Garfield and Vanessa Hudgens. 
This one was picked out by Mel, so she'll have all those details in a little while. I do remember we did discuss it among, I think, musicals you must see before you die or something like that many, many weeks ago. Yes, well, and it was written by uh, the guy who wrote Rent. Right, uh, that's so it. So we yeah. will have talked about it. Yeah, so um, we have talked about it. Never delved very deeply, though, but I must say in preparation for today's show, I like that music. It's not it bad, eh? Good. Yeah. It's not bad. Good show music. Before that, though, how are your projects going? How Have you been to the theatre to see anything? Oh, yes. Uh, first time back into the theatre for ages. I went and saw the Little Shop of Horrors production by Wintech Students, mm, uh, directed same. by David Sidwell at Meteor Theatre. Saw that. Oh, was on. it directed by David? I thought it was directed by Kyle. No, David directed that. Oh, yeah. okay. With Nick Breyers as musical director. Oh. Um, and I went on the Friday night. You went on closing night, the, the following night. I did go on closing night, yeah. Now, Little Shop of Horrors for me is one of those shows that I really have a soft spot for, and I know you do too because yeah. you directed it. Yeah, same. Uh, I've played Audrey too, the voice before, and uh, really enjoyed that in Morrinsville a few years ago. This was um, very faithful to the original stage show and uh, just a few changes in terms of casting to accommodate the students, I guess. Yeah. It was a good production in most respects. Yeah. I found the sound balance was a little bit off from where I was sitting. I don't know, maybe if you're sitting in the middle of the theatre you might have got a better mix. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the voices were just a little too far under the band. Yeah. But um, great performances, individual performances by the cast almost uniformly, you know. Mm. Really exciting to see the young talent emerging and given such great opportunities to do what is just a fun macabre sort of Black humour, bit of a classic kind of as well. Yeah, yeah. But I know that you have one or two concerns about the way it was cast. And oh, you know, I mean, like you, I thought it was really fun, and I thought that all the students did a great job. Um, and what I was really stoked about was I, I uh, noticed that the set was done by design students from Wintech. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and so I think, and I think mus- the musicians were music students from Wintech as well. So I yeah. think you know it was a whole a student production across the board. Yeah, yeah. And the set design actually worked really well. The set design was really cool. The only time I didn't like it was the reveal of the plant in at the end of Act One. Oh yeah. And the the, the final incarnation, incarnation of the plant and. There was some, oh, they put the ladder. There was a ladder for Close for Renovations, and there was this ladder sitting right in front of me. So, <laughs> But the big reveal happens, and the ladder's right in front right of it. There, yeah. But that's neither here nor there. No, yeah, so the I thought it was... I actually didn't on my own. I wouldn't have thought of this, I don't think, without um, Kate's input. But I went with my partner, Kate, who, for those who don't know, she's super gay. And what I think happened, uh, as you said, in the, student, in the student production, is that they had four third year finishing students that are finishing up this year and so they wanted to put those four students into four leads there are two male leads and two female leads age appropriate so one of those females was always going to have to play a male what I thought was slightly problematic and Kate was really angry about it um, was just that the choice was to make the abusive partner of Audrey a queer character and then to have that queer character have to have Seymour come along and save Audrey from that queer character and then kill that queer character and chop it up and feed it to the plant Mm. and I don't think it was intentionally an observation on that at all I don't think it was ever thought about as we're telling the story about an abusive lesbian I don't think it was ever that but I I, I didn't get that take on it I didn't either but it sort of just isn't (sighs) that is just how it it wasn't necessary I, I, and having thought about it since then, I didn't think t- of all of the characters in the whole show, you chose to make the abusive one the queer one. 
and I think I find personally that a little bit problematic. I mean, imagine if we'd had a female Seymour instead. Yeah, that would have been interesting and exciting in its own way, and it would have created uh, some other dynamics in terms of the way that the story evolves and so on. Yeah. But I wonder whether maybe that's exhibiting a little bit too much sensitivity to that particular situation, because I I don't think it would have been on anybody's mind that this was a story, as you say, about uh, an evil lesbian character. I think it was an evil character, and uh, the fact that it happened to be played by a woman and it was a, a became a female role uh for me was totally incidental mm. maybe i'm not sensitive enough i, I don't w- know i have to admit i i didn't recognize the issue until you just mentioned it i have to admit i didn't recognize the issue until uh half time when kate was just furious i can i can understand um, that, yeah. and uh, i mean and so and I like i like you feel it does exhibit maybe a little bit too much sensitivity but she makes a point you know when it's not necessary to do that or I guess it just would have been nice. Like, I would much rather have seen a female Seymour and have that person come and save the day, or not save the day in the end, mm. um, than, I, than it was to have this abusive queer character. And Because and, the story was never meant to tell any kind of queer story. Um, no. And so I... Because I, I, on the surface, I was really excited about it. She walked out with her tight jeans and her heels and her leather jacket, and I was like, yes, girl. Yeah, why not? Because um, one of the Ronettes was also played by a male. That's neither here nor there. That, and I agree, that is neither here nor there. I, it's, it's the only thing that really, like... Okay, but that's not, that's not putting a downer thing. on the production either. It was, no, it's not. In all other respects, it was a fine production. No, I enjoyed um, it. I'm going to just sit on the fence a wee bit on that though because it it never crossed my mind and I still don't think it's an issue that Mm. I mean you could take a casting point of view from from another angle as well and say why couldn't it be a lesbian who was evil in this particular uh, in this particular incarnation of that show I mean it's not slating lesbians per se it's not saying that anybody who's gay is evil mm. and it's not saying this is what that person deserves to be fed to a plant it's the <laughs> yeah. character and the intent of that character whether it's a male or female or whatever i i do agree with you i i very much sit on both sides of the fence i think yeah. you know as a queer woman it just would have been nice had the largely male creative team just taken an extra second to consider yeah. how it might make a community feel i think you yeah well i'm aware of it now and you know that i that was is in the same in, boat that's now in, in my mind i um, never considered it until kate said it at yeah, halftime fair enough I, I think that's fair comment interesting eh? okay does demonstrate that you have to be a bit careful when you're making those sort of uh, decisions creative decisions about where you want to take a production and, and this was done as we both know from a purely practical point of view totally. got to cast these kids got to put them in a, into roles I don't think there was so any ill intention whatsoever anyway let's move on from that a wee bit because we're still very excited about talking to people about their projects which is uh, kind of a slight we've taken over the last couple of shows that um, especially the ones that are finally getting to stage after being postponed and put on hold and Woo-hoo. rescheduled and rescheduled again so without any further ado our good friend Ray Powell has uh, he's not just a savvy and debonair man about town everybody knows him for that of course but he's also co-founder of bold theater and he's with us right now live in color in the studio ray how are you mate good to see you thanks good. for joining us today in the thank show. you for inviting me along oh look we needed to talk to you because it's, uh, it's been a while and uh, there's so much that we wanted to cover with uh, the way that bold theater is operating the things that you've had to deal with over the last couple of years now how are you it's feeling been a while, eh? yeah 
How are we feeling? Um, I'm feeling excited. I think Assassins is going to happen this time. <laughs> so, um, well, the only thing that could get in the way is, you know, there's a sudden surge of Omicron throughout the country. But oh, they say we're not going to lock down. Let's not go there. Thank you for that, Mike. Yes, yeah, thank, yeah, you. Yeah. thank you. There, there have been the false starts. Um, I mean, the 2020 and 2021 have both been fairly tough years in terms of trying to schedule shows, get them across the line, and also forward thinking, I would imagine, as well. Um, I don't think we've ever had a chance to really talk about things from a producer's perspective. So between you and Charlotte, when you look at the kinds of things you want to do as a production company, all these factors now must be much more complex than they used to be when you were considering what you might do. They are, but... um you have to be positive I think you have to believe and commit yourself that the show will go on otherwise I think if you worry too much about what could happen you just wouldn't do anything you know you'd stay at home and yeah I think you've just got to cross your fingers and and just rip into it and I think what's happened over the last few months is it's shown us that we do have these obstacles coming our way but Fingers crossed, and a bit of positive thinking, we, we do get there. Like, we were so close to pulling the pin for the third time on Assassins. We were probably, like, three days out, and we were waiting for the levels to change, and nobody knew if they were going to. Mm. And and I think that was a surprise one where we went to level yeah. two, and I was like, yeah. what? what? We, were, we can do this. We, were we can do this. We were expecting 3.3, weren't we? And, exactly. and that would have been the killer, And 3.3, and it would have all been over. Yeah. Um, because we had to have enough rehearsal time. I think um, Kyle had worked out the number of rehearsals that that needed to happen before the show opened and yeah so sort of as soon as we got that we were all on the phone to each other and <laughs> what does it mean though i mean it had the worst happened and you'd face that choice i know kyle has said you know we probably would have looked at rescheduling it in 2023 or something like that but you you commit a lot of resources a lot of time a lot of money to potentially getting a show on there's a lot of risk isn't there definitely and um yeah along with the the, the money risk there's the the time and effort that, that people have put into it you know um we've been very lucky only one person is, is, is joining us for the the show when it hits the stage so we've been so lucky that people have still been free being able to do it otherwise it's you know you're starting all over again because um, it is a big commitment as you know mm. Mike to be in a show and I think uh, it would have probably got to the stage I don't if it hadn't happened this time I couldn't be certain that it would have gone ahead in the future but i wouldn't have put you off mounting shows for the future as you said you have that positive attitude anyway let's let's plan ahead uh so you were already committed to the idea that that bloody woman was going to be your choice for 2022 yep. are you thinking beyond that uh not at this stage because nobody's coming to us with any ideas i'm a line because <laughs> <laughs> normally well, well, what sort of happened in the past is directors have come to us and they've got a passion project and they go hey look i'd love to do this does it fit in with the kind of shows that bold does is there the time slot to do it and if it works then we go for it um we've really only said no to one which probably didn't sort of fit in with what we do i'm not going to say any more on that one um as you say you do have a a style that bold theater is now famous for oh famous oh Oh, well, Renault, 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 Renault. Renault. <laughs> but people expect something a little different yes and that is something we we want to keep going because that, that's why we're here we're, we're doing shows that are a little bit different um that other theater companies may not put on some that are a little bit edgy maybe probably a lot of the shows we put on people have never heard of 
Although the weird thing is, like, that a couple of them were put on and I didn't know anything about them, never heard of them until the director said, hey, how about we do You're in Town? And I go, mm-hmm. what, what's that? Okay, Google, Google, Google. But then when you tell people that you're doing You're in Town, they go, oh, I saw that ah, in Sydney like five years yeah. ago. It was so good. And I go, great. Yeah. So they are known by probably theatre people. Mm. Um, well, lots of these new shows have their own little cult followings oh, they now, do. don't they? They do. You know, they we found that do. with Heathers. Yes. You know, it, it's sold out like hotcakes purely because of its own little fan base. And these totally. shows do. Yeah, which is great. So, Does that mean that Bold Theatre is primarily catering for, I don't know even if it's the right term to use, the theatre crowd, the people who are a bit more theatre savvy in terms of audience? Probably people that enjoy going to the theatre and perhaps might want to think a bit more about what they see and leave the theatre at the end of the night Maybe not humming the tunes, but maybe thinking a bit about what they've just seen and thought, hmm, yes, that was interesting, or doesn't mean they'll like it, but it just might stir things up and just, you know, yeah, you're not just going along and tapping your feet and... And seeing the same old shows seen you've the seen a hundred times. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The other thing that I really like about Bold Theatre is your commitment to local talent as well. That to me is is real gold it's really celebrating what we've always talked about on this show which is the talent base that we have in this region and it's just continuing to grow it's nice to think that younger people in particular are getting opportunities to perform in shows that are not only a little bit edgy and a bit different but actually give them really meaty roles to do that aren't going to be swallowed up by some other talent brought in from elsewhere exactly exactly and that's the the point we um made right from the very beginning it's it's we're a local theater company for local people because we do have the talent here yeah, they are out there, and they want to be in these kind of shows. And I think probably in each show that we've had, we've had a couple of newbies, a couple of younger ones. I'm just trying to think. I don't think we've got any really newbies in this one, but we've got a couple of students from Wintech who, you know, they're, they're, like you say, they're not just in the chorus at the back somewhere. There's only I think nine cast members in this show, yeah. and they've all got meaty parts. They've all got their story to tell. Mm. So they get their turn. You know, in the spotlight, and they deserve it. You know, they are good. They're really so good, good, those students, eh? Oh, wow. I love the they work they're doing at Wintech. They must have some good teachers, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Gives them a reason to want to stick around, too, which is nice. Yep. I mean, you've got to follow your dreams, and if that means you've got to leave Hamilton or leave the region, um, so be it. But while you've got a, a reason to want to stay and get involved in stuff, I think that's good. Mm. Yeah. Mm, definitely. Tell us about uh, preparation for that bloody woman, then. Well, how far into that are you? Um, Can you say much? Well, we have cast the lead role. Yeah. So, We've um, heard. Yes, we, heard. we announced that in our show yeah, two you weeks did. ago. You got, yeah. probably got the scoop on that one. Yeah. I think one of the reasons we did it early was so that we could then um, publicise it in the programme for Assassins and have her photo and all made up and everything, but she disappeared off to Christchurch. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we won't see that till oh, later that's on. That's a bloody pain, isn't um, it? But it's such a big role. Yeah, you've both seen the show before. Yeah. You no. Know. Have you not? No, no. no. You, you are in me. for a treat. I've you, know heard. That, you know, that's another show that I went along to thinking I didn't really know much about. And from the opening, I just sat there going, I won't swear, but it was like, oh, holy. Bitch. And <laughs> this is a New Zealand musical about a New Zealand woman who, it's a great history lesson as well. Oh, oh yeah. Apart from being basically they described as a punk rock musical, which it is, it's loud, it's in your face, and mm. it's just. So much fun. Yeah, I had the pleasure of seeing it in Auckland at Sky City Theatre and also the uh, touring production when it came to uh, Clarence Street. Mm. Uh, Kyle was involved in both of those, of course, Kyle Chuan. 
slight differences between the two productions, which I, I thought was really great, um, but never imagined that it would be available for us to see a local production uh, so soon in, mm. in this region. It's really it is quite, quite soon, yeah. yeah. So, so at this stage, um, I'm sure Kyle's really prepared, but as for us, the producers, uh, we haven't really done a lot. We've got, we've got our slot booked, which is, I think, August, so it's mm. basically the same slot that we should have had this year for assassins but it didn't happen so um yeah i guess early in the new year we'll we'll get into auditions and get the and of course the Carl's, of the cast. Carl's co-directing this with uh, courtney mayo yes did they come to you as a, as a team with this yes yep so they both wanted Proposal. to do it right from yeah. the start okay. yeah so it's a courtney project more than it's a kyle project uh, just in case they're listening, I'm sure it's probably 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see Courtney at the helm. Um, I, I think know. it does really need a woman's touch, a show like that. Well, oh, definitely. And Courtney's the woman to do it. She, well, she's got so much experience yeah. on and off stage. She's going to be so cool. So the two of them together, I think. They've both got a great sense for, for showmanship and everything yep. that this show's going to need to bring it you know, in your face. Love the idea of it being in a black box environment as well. It's going to be really cool. Do we know anything about if he's going to do, or if they're going to do anything exciting with the staging that we're not expecting? He has mentioned that. Oh, cool. That he's got some cool ideas, and he, he does have cool ideas. Mm. I think maybe, I wonder if that comes from being in a show, because he's been in this, yeah. and I actually think that's when Hamilton fell in love with him, when we saw him, because he was like this rock star yeah, character right. in it, and he was like, who's that guy? We yeah. need him in Hamilton, so we yeah. got him in Hamilton. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm just wondering if, you know, when you're in a show like that, you think, oh, well, if I was directing this, I would do this but a little bit differently. So mm. maybe that's where that's coming from. Well, I yeah. especially like the fact that Carl was involved in the in the very first production in Christchurch, and he's seen it done as a bare bones. He's been part of it done as a bare bones production. He's been part of a high budget production. Mm. So somewhere in the middle there is is probably what you're going to get. Yes, we'll be in between <laughs> with some fresh ideas about how certain yes. aspects of it could be staged, which I think is really cool. Mm. And I think from what I've heard, our cast is going to be bigger as well. Because I think okay. there is that possibility to ex- expand the the cast there and have some other characters. Because um, you know, when something's touring, you want want the bare bones, the minimum number. Yeah, what you can afford. Yeah, what you can afford. <laughs> yeah, whereas, yeah. Um, yeah, when they're all doing it for free, we can have everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that's the spirit of community local theatre, isn't it? Just now you've already said that you like when people come to you for uh, with a project in mind and say, you know, is Bold Theatre interested in perhaps supporting this idea? But surely between you and Charlotte, you must have ideas about shows that you perhaps would like to see happen in our region. Yes, are there's, a, there's a, a, um, Are you prepared are to discuss projects? what they might be? <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a play that we would like to do. Um, just divulging a bit too much too soon. Okay. Yeah. yeah, just in case it doesn't happen. That's right, that's because right. we're not just musicals, of course. So no, that's um, what I was going to get to next. Of course, uh, with um, God of Carnage, you put yourself uh, in, in people's minds as being a play producer as well. Is it your intention to keep doing a play and a musical? Yes, if we can. Mm. Yep. It'd be great to do them, you know, one of each in a year, but... Resources, Resources, eh? so ne- next year may just be... Yeah that bloody woman but um, we need to do more plays so that I can be in one of them <laughs> because I can't sing it's your turn to get on stage right <laughs> yeah I want to show for me thank you yeah fair enough well maybe okay. we'll talk some more we've been saying this for a long time but we should talk we should we will Okay, it sounds like you're going to get a nod from a director shortly to say, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a play. Charlotte and Ray, check your well, like, like most theatre people uh, in Hamilton, you, know, you do a bit of everything. Totally. Yeah, yeah which is so cool. It sounds it's so positive, what you're talking about, and the fact that Bold Theatre is, is looking to the future so, um, so optimistically, I think is really tremendous news. 
Well, I, th- I think you have to. Um, otherwise, yeah. I'd like to think the worst of this whole thing that we won't mention is past. Mm. You know, now that we're all had our jabs and we're all being kind and everything, that, that we hopefully can just move forward and get to, back to some kind of normality. Mm. Um, you know, even sitting in a theatre with a mask on is... Kind it's of shit. strange. It's shit. Shit. Yeah. And, and it's really hard to drink your wine. Yeah. You have to like, <laughs> lift, do you lift it up or you pull it down? Yeah. So yeah, it just gets messy. Yeah. yeah, it becomes hard work after a couple of hours sitting there trying to, you know, laughing and and or, know. Or, yes. or you know just reacting with the mask on. Mm. It's, it's difficult. It's hard work for an audience. Oh, totally. Mm. Yeah. You don't want your audience to have to work that no, hard. Or oh, well, maybe we'll get to green light situation it. soon. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for giving us your time today. It's been really a pleasure to have you. It's been fun to be here. Thank yeah, you very much. it's nice to see a person. <laughs> oh, what a gentleman. Now that he's left the room, I can say nice things about him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a hard-working one at that as well. He's uh, very rarely on stage, but a complete powerhouse behind the scenes and a great advocate for theatre in our region. Um, yeah. Always love talking to Ray. He's got so many uh, wonderful ideas, and he's, he's very well read when it comes to theatre as well. And just an all-round interesting and nice guy. Like just, just, just to have a yarn with anyone. Yeah, I love that. Uh, if like me, you've been waiting with bated breath to sit in the audience for Assassins, do book your tickets right, right now on the Meteor website before they sell out because they will. Oh, they will. Yeah. No, no. 
90 from our musical of the week tick tick boom you are backstage with mel and mike and we couldn't be here without the support of our friends at free fm and also creative waikato who are our sponsors we're so grateful to be able to give backstage to the community with their support thank you guys big time and it is the time of the year for giving back to the community so we bring you our little list of what's around the place sooner so you can go out and enjoy and participate this is our early christmas present for you at the meteor assassins presented by bold theater we've just been talking about it opens december the 10th running to the 18th and the jordan luck band coming to play sunday december the 19th that's gonna rock as well i think it is At Rivoli Theatre, Beauty and the Beast Jr., directed by Tony Garson, is hitting the stage on January the 18th for 10 performances. And HMT are also in rehearsal for Mamma Mia, which finally hits the stage in February. Yes. Navarro Lounge, our good friend Ivan, is uh, reopened now following Level 2 protocols, quietly getting his uh, calendar together for the rest of the year and into New Year. Open mic night tonight. Doors open from 6 o'clock and bookings to perform are essential. In Te Aroha at the Little Theatre, they're in rehearsal for The Vicar of Dibley. That goes to stage in March of 22. They're also in rehearsal for Death and Taxes by our friend April Phillips. That's planning a 22 reschedule as well. Matamata Dramatic Society is in rehearsal for At the Sign of the Crippled Harlequin by Norman Robbins. Also uh, now planning a 2022 reschedule, but they're still working on the show. Over in Tauranga at the 16th Ave Theatre, Swingers by April Phillips directed by Merv Beats is on stage right now and closing on the 10th of December and 12 Angry Men is in rehearsal by Reginald Rose and that's directed by Liam Hagen going to stage on January the 21st until the 29th 
Also in Tauranga at the Detour Theatre, Sherlock Holmes and the Adventure of the Speckled Band is on now until December 4th. And Tauranga Musical Theatre have Peter Pan Jr., directed by Keegan White, coming to the stage January 14th to the 21st. And Les Mis, finally, directed by Tony Henderson, going to stage February 4th to the 19th. Auckland Theatre Company have announced their 2022 season. They're starting with Grand Horizons by Bess Wall, directed by Jennifer Ward-Leland. That's scheduled for February the 8th through to March the 5th. By way of upcoming auditions and opportunities, Pitaruru Theatre Players are holding extra auditions for their 2022 season of the musical comedy Moonshine. That's just to fill some of the extra parts that they've lost over the last couple of months. Those auditions are on December 5th. Hamilton Musical Theatre have auditions coming up next weekend for their May season of Blood Brothers, directed by Angela Walker. If you want to pursue that, go to the Facebook page for details on how you can book your audition. And Tahi Tahi Tasi are presenting the 2022 Summer Shakespeare in the Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival. If you would like to audition for a role in Julius Caesar, directed by James Smith, check out Triple T on Facebook for all of those details. And as always, if there's anything you want us to spread the word about, email us on backstagepodcastnz at gmail.com or just let us know when you see us at the theatre next. Scream. 
musical of the week tick tick boom that was come to your senses from the soundtrack from the netflix film featuring vanessa hudgens you're backstage with mel and mike coming to you live on 89.0 free fm or any of your favorite podcast streaming apps and coincidentally it's now that time of the week again to get comfortable while mel brings us the backstage musical of the week boom boom, boom. tick tick boom <laughs> opens on a persistent ticking sound and john introducing himself The sound you are hearing is not a technical problem. It is not a musical cue. It is not a joke. It is the sound of one man's mounting anxiety. I am that man. That's how it opens. Cool opening. John is an aspiring musical theatre composer living in Soho, New York. The year is 1990, and as his 30th birthday approaches, John is worried about his ageing and lack of achievement. His best friend Michael, since childhood, gave up acting to pursue a more lucrative career as a research executive. Susan, John's girlfriend, is a dancer who teaches ballet to wealthy and untalented children. (laughs) Susan and John are discussing the upcoming 30th birthday party that she is throwing for him. She pressures him to play Happy Birthday to You to himself on the piano at the party, but he's hesitant because it reminds him that he's growing older with little to show for his efforts as a songwriter. Michael wants to schedule a job interview for John with his firm. Again, John is hesitant, but agrees to think it over. Later, on the roof of their apartment building, John reveals that he's also nervous about an upcoming workshop of his newest musical, Superbia. The next morning, John is awake early. Susan asks him about the possibility of leaving New York. She wants to settle down and start a family, which is not compatible with John's starving artist lifestyle. John's torn between following his dream of composing and opting for security and family and and a different career. After work that same day, Michael picks up John and his brand new BMW to show off his brand new apartment. And Michael exults at the thought of a life of luxury and pressures John further to consider changing his career path and coming to work at the firm. Frustrated, John finally agrees to accompany Michael to work the next day and visit a brainstorming session at the research company. 
On Monday morning, John walks to Michael's office for the brainstorming session, which involves naming a cooking fat substitute through a convoluted idea-generating process. John hates the entire process, and his unwillingness to cooperate gets him removed from the meeting. Later, as John drives Michael to the airport for a business trip, they argue. After dropping Michael off, John goes to a rehearsal for Superbia, but not before stopping in to get some Twinkies. At the shop, he bumps into Carissa, who is one of the actors in Suburbia. She reveals a similar weakness for Twinkies, and it leads to a little bit of flirting uh, and a little bit of a friendship between the two. After the rehearsal, Susan sees John and Carissa together and obviously becomes jealous. Fair enough. Yeah. Later on, Susan informs John that she's gotten a job in Massachusetts, which may be permanent. They argue again about the state of their relationship, and John begs Susan to stay to be with him, but she leaves anyway. The next morning, John arrives early at the theatre for the workshop of Superbia. Although initially the theatre is empty, soon it's filled with very important people, John's family and friends, as well as some Broadway producers and artists, including John's idol, Stephen Sondheim. Rest in peace, Stephen Sondheim. Carissa steals the show with her performance of Come to Your Senses that we have just played earlier. Uh, the workshop is a big success and John gets many, many congratulations, but there are no offers to produce Superbia on or off-Broadway. And he's no closer to being a professional composer. And so in his eyes, that workshop has been a complete failure. Oh, gosh. Yeah. After the workshop, John visits Michael and tells him that he's through with music. I'm done. Uh, for the first time, though, Michael tries to persuade him to stick with it. Michael says that while he enjoys now how he makes a lot more money now than he did as a starving artist, he finds the job itself to be banal and unrewarding. The two argue again, and John yells at Michael for not understanding fear or insecurity. Michael responds to this by telling John that he's HIV positive, uh, which I think leads a little bit into his next musical rent. Okay. Having left, John alone wanders through Central Park uh, until he finds himself at the closed Delacorte Theatre near Belvedere Castle. He finds an old rehearsal piano and be begins to play it while collecting his thoughts. He ponders on whether the amount of sacrifice required for his career in music is worth all the uncertainty. Yeah. Ultimately, he realises that he will only be happy as a professional composer, no matter what hardships that may bring. The next morning is John's 30th birthday party. He sees Susan there, who is getting ready to leave. She gives him his birthday gift. It's a thousand sheets of blank manuscript paper. They agree to write to each other, and she leaves. Towards the close of the show, a phone rings. It's Stephen Sondheim, and he wants to meet so they can discuss Superbia. John realises that he is surrounded by friends and that his talents are finally being recognised. The tick-tick booms are softer now. I can barely hear them, and I think if I play loud enough, I can drown them out completely. Oh, wow. And that's the close of the nice show. Nice finish. Yeah. So yeah. it's the tick-tick. It's Yeah, nice. And it's just a little three-person play or musical. Um, but let me give you the dates. So that's the show and its key characters. Uh, Tick Tick Boom was first pre performed off broad off off Broadway between September sixth and 9th, nineteen ninety. It was performed solely by Jonathan Larson in a workshop at the Second Stage Theatre under the title Boho Days. Larson revised the developing piece following that performance and changed the title to Tick Tick Boom and presented it with himself as the performer again in November of 91 at the Village Gate and then later in 92 and 93 in the O Solo Mio Festival at the New York Theatre Workshop. Larson performed the show as a rock monologue which was a new form of theatre for the time apparently. 
The performance attracted the attention of a young producer named Jeffrey Seller, who became a fan of Larson's work. In 95, he saw the New York Theatre Workshop production of Larson's musical Rent and convinced his fellow producers to bring it to Broadway. After Larson's death in 96, David Auburn, who is the author of the Pulitzer Prize-winning play Proof, he reconfigured Tick, Tick, Boom. He restructured the monologue into a three-actor musical, with one actor playing John and the other two actors playing Michael and Susan, as well as all the other roles in the show. Also, the script and score were streamlined and edited. This revised version of the piece premiered off-Broadway at the Jane Street Theatre on May... 23rd of 2001 and closed in January of 2002. It was directed by Scott Schwartz with Raul Esparza as John, Jerry Dixon as Michael and Molly Ringwald as Susan. Mm. Um, That's the original off-Broadway cast recording that is no longer available on Spotify, which is why we're listening to the Netflix tracks today. Um, Otherwise, you know how I feel about a good (laughs) original cast recording. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That production uh, featuring Raul Esparza that won seven or received seven Drama Desk Award nominations, including Outstanding Musical, and it won the Outer Critics Circle Award for Outstanding Off Broadway Musical. Esparza won an Obie Award for his performance, and the original cast recording was released in 2001. There were a few low-key professional productions in South Korea, the UK, Australia and the USA following on from that. Most notably in the USA was the 2014 New York City Centre's Encore's revival of Tick, Tick, Boom. That starred Lin-Manuel Miranda as John, Karen Olivo as Susan and Leslie Odom Jr. as Michael. Uh, And those performances ran from June 25th through the 28th of 2014. And most recently, a film adaptation of Tick, Tick, Boom, starring Andrew Garfield as John and directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, was produced by Ron Howard, Brian Grazer and Julie O. It premiered at AFI Fest on November 10th of this year, and that was followed by a limited theatrical release in the US also in November of this year, before being released by Netflix also in November of this year. So the Netflix uh, release is that film? Yes, that's correct, yeah. Tick, Tick, Boom is a very low-key production. There's not much to say about it, aside from what I've already said. It is filled with a lot of heart, and you can see how Jonathan Larson sort of went from this to Rent and would have gone on to be a really a great composer of his time. Yeah, what a loss he's been. What a loss. Yeah. Uh, his, I mean, those two musicals are two of the pieces that formed the basis of my love for musical theatre. Well, as I said at the outset, you know, the music that I've heard really for the first time, sat and listened to it before Mm. doing today's show, it is great musical theatre music. and and Nicely structured, great balance to it. They tell the story the way they should. And you can tell that the talent is there putting songs together like that, that that do that work. And the fact that it's just a three-person musical means that everything has to sort of click into place to make that you know so that you don't see the gaps you don't you don't see anything that's they have to be out solid of place. it has to be good yeah you know there's no room to hide no, so it has it. to be good yeah that's the point yeah oh good on you check so it I out think, on netflix i think you should you've actually reminded me that we should pay homage of course to the uh, late great stephen sondheim passed away over the weekend uh, a huge loss to the world, really. But 91 years old, he, he lived in an enormous life in every aspect. What an afterlife reunion must be going on, though. If you know, if you believe in the afterlife, there's so many wonderful people already passed on over I the bet years. You sometimes joined them. Sometimes <laughs> up there with John, with John Larson. Oh yeah, up there, down there, wherever uh, they are, arguing to make the music a bit more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Once again, though, that is all we have time for.
before, but uh, please join us again for more musicals, more plays, more interviews, a whole lot more general theatre nerdiness and yarning. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go and make time to watch the entire Tick, Tick, Boom uh, movie now because yep. the music has certainly whet my appetite. Yeah, it's beautiful. I haven't watched the film yet either, but I've been listening to the film, uh, the Netflix soundtrack, and it is beautiful. I've seen the trailer popping up on my um, <laughs> social media feed for the You last might be week. interested in yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Of course <laughs> yeah. I am. Uh, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you to Free FM for hosting us. Thanks, Creative Waikato, for sponsoring us. And thank you for coming back week after week to listen. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, don't forget to catch Backstage wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on accessmedia.nz, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And I can also suggest you head over to Instagram to find Backstage Podcast NZ. Mel's going to be sharing today's episode there shortly, plus our musical of the week. That'll be part of our story. I have been Mike, she has been Mel, and you once again have been Backstage. Today, we're going to head out the door with Louder Than Words from our musical of the week. Tick, tick, boom. Stay safe out there, be kind, and stay classy, theatre nerds. See you.
Ashes or wings, which do you prefer? Ask the birds. Fear or love, baby, don't say the answer. Actions speak louder. Be first class, first class only 
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.